and welcome to the first episode or the first official episode of the college try college football betting podcast here on cooper sports um i'm matt lasare uh we're here with wyatt uh just to give you a couple background uh tips about ourselves since the first one so you guys uh, can get to know us a little bit better uh i'm a florida state fan if you can't tell by my hoodie and my uh flag behind me uh probably made it pretty obvious so that's my bias i'm an acc guy south southern football guy um fsu bets i'm biased i'll probably always take fsu spread or anything like that i wouldn't listen to me uh Wyatt is quite the opposite from the north go ahead man yeah so i'm born and raised in michigan so i am a michigan fan it's a good season the last two seasons have been uh extremely lucky um uh, michigan fan i currently live in washington dc area um Thankfully, the sports teams here suck. So I still um, am Michigan fan, Lions fan. So I hold that um, alliance to those teams as well. Um, been in sports betting for quite a bit ever since it kind of became legal. Um, I wouldn't say I'm an expert in any opinion. Uh, one could say I'm actually extremely bad. Um, really easy to uh, to fade if that's what you want to do, which is very profitable if you uh, are committed to it. But yeah, excited to get um, after college football. Um, it's my favorite sport. Uh, I love it the most, and it's a great year. Um, as I said, um, to be a Michigan fan and just to be a fan of college football. Yeah, it's been a wonky year in college football. A lot of chaos, or at least it's setting up for a lot of chaos so far. Uh, before we get into the rankings, let's see what set up the rankings and recap a few of the games that happened. Uh, the biggest ones being first off TCU Texas. Um, gotta say, I was surprised. It's probably the first defensive Big Twelve game I've ever seen. Like that just doesn't happen at all. Um. And TCU, once again, proves us all wrong. And after me fading them for about the third straight week, I probably should keep not do that anymore. Uh, what do you think, Wyatt? Yeah, so I'm in the same exact boat. Um, I've been fading TCU all year. Never really thought they were um, legit. Um, it was a huge win for them in Austin. I, that's a really hard place to play. Um, it was a, kind of, a, again, a defensive game, which is very rare in the in the Big 12. But um, it was, and it was pretty sloppy as well. Texas had, you know, four, I think four turnovers or whatever it was. So sloppy game, but TCU, a win's a win. Um, again, I probably should be with you and start taking TCU, but I see Vegas. We'll get into it, but Vegas just kind of put up a, a weird line for this week with TCU. Um, so they also don't believe in them. So it's, it's a, it's a little weird, but you know, hats off to TCU They're you know, they deserve that four spot and a huge win that I did not think was that would happen. Yeah. For me, their biggest thing is just shutting down those stars. I mean, Texas is, uh, has talent all across the board. I mean, they always do. They just can never seem to do anything with it. Uh, but I mean, the way they were able to stop B. John Robinson, who I don't even know how many yards he has or the stats, but I know, I think it was like one of his worst games he's had throughout college. Um, and in my opinion, he's the best running back in college football other than maybe Blake Corum. And for them to stop him the way they did is just huge for the brand, huge for the program. Um, and it's just, they keep proving that we shouldn't be disrespecting them. Even though I felt, and I texted you about this the other day, uh, in that group chat, I felt like ESPN or everyone was kind of setting them up to lose. Like, it's just, they finally got for the first time all year, they had all this media coverage. I was seeing player interviews. Sonny Dykes was probably on every single sports network known to man this past week. And just, it felt like with all this media coverage, it's just setting them up for failure, just too much on them and too much pressure. And I honestly think that ESPN or everyone doesn't want them to win. I mean, which would you rather brand-wise for TV deals, TCU in the playoff or a USC or a Tennessee? Pretty easy answer. Right. Um, but other than that, the other big game is obviously Bama Ole Miss. 
Uh, I w- didn't go to the game, but I was in Oxford and the Grove is like amazing. It's so much fun. Um, I had Bama or not Bama. I had Ole Miss plus 11. That line was moving like crazy when it came close to game time. I think it opened at like Bama minus 14 and closed at minus 10 and a half right before kick. Uh, I was lucky to get it at 11. If you got any of the numbers, it still would have hit because it was a great game. Uh, a couple weird calls there too, or missed calls. What'd you think there? Yeah. Um, so going back to that, that weird line. Um, so I did get screwed by Bama last week, or I guess it was two weeks ago at the LSU that um, minus 13 and a half, whatever that crazy line was. Um, so as much as I'm fading TCU, I am tailing Bama like crazy. And I did it again this weekend and took Bama minus 11 and a half. Um, was dead pretty much from the get-go. Uh, I could tell it was going to be a close game. Um, Bama does squeak by. Good win for them. But again, I, there's just not a world where they um, can salvage the season and make it to the playoffs. So still, you know, get a great bowl, possibly a New Year's Six Bowl. But um, it is a huge win. I feel bad for Ole Miss. It would have opened up a whole different avenue in the college football playoff rankings. But um, that's just another team we can cross off the list. Um, yeah, Bama, again, tough schedule. It's a really tough place to play out in Oxford. But um, yeah, they, they did it, got the win. Um, so good for them. Yeah. And it didn't help that LSU couldn't, uh, couldn't lose as well right after that or right before that in the noon game. Uh, if, right. they, if Arkansas would have won that game, that also opened up a lot more for both Bama and, uh, uh, Ole Miss and makes that game that much better or bigger in uh, terms of making the SEC championship. But right. now, uh, and I guess we have like really two more games to recap. Uh, Ellis that transitions into LSU Arkansas uh, that was a great game another defensive close game until really the end uh, it was cold it was snowing in Arkansas so I mean it kind of for me surprised me that LSU was able to play that well in those conditions uh, yeah it's I'm surprised Brian Kelly first first year is in Atlanta great for them now they're looking at playoff hopes still too which is again is surprising really like I said one extra point away uh for being a true playoff contender right now they're kind of still on the outside looking in uh I personally think it's hard to leave out an SEC championship champion even though that's very unlikely for LSU still uh what do you think of that game yeah you know that one is an also it was a weird line you know Vegas was really playing into the emotional game of the the previous one between Bama and LSU, but the line was only at three and a half with um, KJ Jefferson out um, Arkansas's, you know, starting quarterback. So line was still at three and a half with their starting quarterback out. I know, um, you know, Arkansas obviously has dudes that can, that can fill his role, but it just seemed weird. But um, so I knew it was gonna be a a close game. Uh, I would have loved for them to lose just, you know, totally cancel them out but yeah we could we could have a situation we'll talk in a little bit we could have a situation where we do possibly i I, it's really low percentage but we could have a two-loss team in the college football playoff depending what um lsu and georgia do in that sec sec championship game which was just solidified by that win and old miss's loss so we have that to look forward to um lsu georgia um and I think that is what three weeks, two weeks, whatever it is. Um, so that'd be a good game. If, you know, obviously Georgia's most likely going to close it out to, you know, take LSU out of it. But again, if LSU wins, we have a really big debate on our hands there. 
Yeah, and before we get into that, um, this kind of encompasses all the rest of the games or most of the games we're going to recap. Uh, the Pac-12 just had an atrocious week for the brand for everybody. Uh, I mean, it looked like Oregon was their best chance to get into the playoff, and they also had USC sitting there, and they had two two fairly good chances to make the playoff finally. Uh, the Pac-12 is normally the conference that's on the outside looking in, but Oregon falls to Washington, and uh, UCLA gets upset, upset by Arizona. Uh, just a tough week out west for them. It, uh, obviously, Oregon's now canceled out of the playoffs. UCLA never really had a chance because of how bad they lost to Oregon. But still, it's just we literally last week when we did our test run of this, we were saying how the Pac-12 looks stronger than they ever have or not right. ever, have, but just in a long time. And I guess whenever we say things, they like to smack us right in the mouth. And <laughs> yeah, that seems like to be a uh, reoccurring problem that we have. But um, quickly going on those two games, the Oregon game. Yeah, that's, you know, they played Washington. Washington's a great game. It was in Eugene, so Oregon was the home team and still lost that game. So that is a pretty bad beat. But the worst beat is UCLA, UCLA losing at home to Arizona. It was by six, so it was still a close game. But Arizona, man, those guys are like, that's like losing to uh, an Indiana in the Big Ten or, uh, you know, a Boston College in the ACC. Like, that's just a really, really bad beat. Um, unacceptable, to be completely honest. And um, and that, you know, this week, that weekend just damaged, even if UC, USC does win this conference championship, that just really damages their, um, resume there, just how weak they did, um, last week. So not great for them. No, not great. Now your only hope is USC, which still, we don't, don't even know. Like, we'll, I guess we'll get into Now we'll go to the rankings. They really didn't yep. change that much or the top four did not change at all. Um, same thing. I, I'm Still, I look at it as Michigan, Ohio State are tied, and Tennessee is basically in a four right now, uh, just because we all know that matchup's coming. It'll probably be the game of the year, um, and it is basically a quarterfinal playoff game. It's the best right. way to put it. Um, yep. Other than that, outside looking in, what was, it was uh, – I'll, I'll, again, I'm going to consider this as Tennessee in at four, but really says Tennessee five um, – what was the next one? Sorry, I'm not even looking at it. Yep. Tennessee five, LSU six, six. USC is seven, Bama's eight, Clemson is nine, and Utah's topping it off at 10. Yeah. So uh, you told me before you had, what was it, nine teams you think still have a chance of getting in it? I personally only have that top seven that has a chance. I, I okay. would who those uh, last two teams were for you. Yep. So obviously I have the, I have Georgia, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU, Tennessee, LSU, USC. Um, and then I did put in, the opportunity of Clemson and UNC. Um, I just think the winner of that ACC, most just be, based off of how these um, the the committee is ranking the the ACC, it's very slim. But it will be interesting if Clemson that um, ACC championship game, which was solidified last weekend, so they will play each other. Um, the winner of that, if they have just one loss, it's going to be interesting what the committee is going to do there. I, again, I don't think they're going to get in at four. But we have to keep all one loss teams and conference champions in question if we're if we're going to realistically talk about the top four. Again, the odds are probably pretty slim. But again, it's if like if you if TCU loses, if um, you know LSU beats Georgia, we open up all these avenues where possibly we could see a you know that or that ACC champion getting in. So I, I just kept them in probably for another week or two. Um, UNC does finish off the season against NC state. So that's a pretty bad or a pretty tough matchup. Um, Clemson has a cakewalk. So Clemson, I am projecting to be a one loss team heading into the ACC champion. 
um, ship, but it is, you know, we got to still talk about it in my opinion, a little bit, just because, you know, the ACC has been, or an ACC team has been in the playoffs since I think it's making maybe one or two years. They haven't been, but yeah, it's either um, State or Clemson every single year from the ACC. I think right. last year was the only year that they didn't have one in, I want to say, because Pitt won the yeah. ACC championship. Um, in general, I mean, I, I would love to see an ACC team make it. I just think it's kind of uh, doesn't have as much of a shot just because it's all the, a lot of the b- good wins that would come from the ACC have kind of fallen off. Right. So like Wake Forest fell off NC yep. state is starting to fall off. Um, they don't have Leary starting for the rest of the year still. Um, that's thanks to Florida state, but uh, he, uh, it's just hard to see a man. I mean, I wrote an article about it uh, this past week that we really should be talking about UNC more Clemson. Clemson always gets their time. They always get talked about because it's, it's Clemson. But UNC, I mean, it's been a big surprise this year that no one's really talking about. Drake May, personally, I love Drake May. Um, when we get into Heisman talk later, uh, he is one of my top people who I think should be in New York right now. But, I mean, he's fifth in passing yards, sixth in completion percentage. I know he's up there in uh, passing touchdowns, too. Uh, I just feel like he hasn't been getting media exposure up until maybe a little bit more this past week. You're starting to see a little bit more. But Drake May is not – is a very, very, very dangerous, in my opinion. And I think they have a good shot to beat Clemson in that ACC championship game. I think – while NC State is still a tough game, I do think they'll uh, be fine there. I mean, NC State hasn't just shown – hasn't shown anything really special since Leary's been out. And I just find it hard to believe that they'll keep that going or they won't, won't keep that going. Uh, Clemson, again, they just don't – all the wins just have kind of fallen off. And that Notre Dame lost, it doesn't look as bad anymore because now Notre Dame has proven they're a good team. And that's also UNC's only loss. So, like, if UNC were undefeated right now, we're having a completely different conversation, and they're probably sitting there. My guess is undefeated UNC is probably sitting at five right below TCU, or maybe they gave them more respect to TCU and put them at four, and Tennessee is looking at a hard way to get in. But, again, right. the shoulda, woulda, coulda. Uh, ACC has kind of just fucked themselves, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I agree. kind of sucks. But uh, in general, I think the best team who's kind of farther out that has a chance to get in right now is USC. Uh, they have a tough schedule coming up, right? They play UCLA and Notre Dame, which are both looking like they're going to be tough games. And then after that, you'll have Oregon or a chance to avenge one loss against Utah in the Pac-12 championship, uh, which will also be decided this weekend because Oregon and Utah play. So it's the only thing I think would keep USC out would be if LSU wins the SEC championship because then it just makes it hard to put them in because they're so far behind. I kind of think there's that block wall right after USC and that that's, those are the seven teams that have a shot. I understand what you're saying is that you still have to keep them talking about the ACC. It just feels like there's no chance in my mind. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, just quickly playing on to that. Um, you know, that the real question is going to be the winner of the SEC or the winner of the ACC again, Clemson or North Carolina versus the winner of the um, Pac-12, yeah. which is probably going to be USC or um, Oregon or Utah. Um, and then that's where I think it's going to be a, a a big discussion because say USC loses that, S- or that Pac-12 championship game. So then you either have a two-loss Utah or a two-loss um, Oregon. And then you're then comparing that to a one-loss either Clemson or UNC. So that's where I think just you got to kind of keep the ACC yeah. at least for maybe one more week. Yeah. Um, just to keep them in the picture, because I think even with a one loss Clemson, I think they're going to get in over a two loss USC or a two loss Oregon, um, just simply because of the record. Um, but yeah, again, the odds are, are really small, but I think it's worthy of 
keeping them in for a little bit. Yeah, and then this was – I wanted to hear your thoughts on this. This was an interesting scenario that I thought of. So let's say – it's hard to – it just gets so confusing now because there's so many yeah. <laughs> different bunch of shit that could happen. So if TCU loses, uh, Ohio State – I'll say Michigan wins that game for you. Um, yep. So TCU loses, Michigan beats Ohio State, and then LSU wins the SEC. I think we're looking at a, a very good shot at a three-team SEC playoff. Yep. As as bad as that would be and how much everyone would hate that, I think there's a good shot at it. Because at that point, Georgia's pretty much a lock, even with that loss. Right? Yep. Like, that's what I think. Um, you would have to put Ohio State or Michigan at one, probably Georgia or Tennessee at two, and then you got – and then – that other one at three and then LSU at four. At least that's how I see that happening. And it's just hard to leave out. Number one, in my opinion, it's so hard to leave out an SEC champion, even though if they do have two losses and LSU wins, you can't leave out Georgia. Cause that's just, they're by far right now. They're a great team. Uh, yep. And see their only loss would be to that Georgia. And you have to put them above LSU just because of how bad they beat LSU. It just makes it so complicated. It This is like the all out chaos situation in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. If, if LSU wins that um, conference championship, um, they, we will have three SEC teams in, Um, you know, that winner of Michigan, Ohio State will go to one Georgia. I think will still be at two, even with that loss, Tennessee, I think will be at three just because of their head to head over LSU and then LSU, then you're putting out four. Um, Again, I don't think LSU is going to beat Georgia, but that, yes, there is a very real, if that happens, we will 100% have three SEC teams in the conference um, football play or football playoffs. Um, yeah. So that would be a crazy scenario. I also have one other quick scenario. Um, so say, obviously these are all going around. If, T- if TCU wins out, we pretty much have Aaron. our top four. Aaron. It's going to be Georgia winner of Michigan, Ohio state, TCU and Tennessee. That's yep. pretty much what it's going to be. Um, so these, both these scenarios are based off of TCU loses. Um, so my scenario is TCU loses, Georgia wins it say whoever the winner of Michigan Ohio State obviously gets in then I'm gonna put um Tennessee at three so I got Georgia winner of Michigan Ohio State Tennessee at three then that four spot it's either going to be the loser of the Big Ten the or sorry the loser of Michigan Ohio State the loser or the sorry loser of Michigan Ohio State so ACC champ or as or, or Pac-12 champ so those are the three that I just don't really I think they're going to go big the Big 10 runner up honestly. If if USC wins out there, it's going to be USC. I just don't really think USC is going to win the next three games. They have they have to beat UCLA, Notre Dame and the Pac-12 champion. So Yeah, that's why I'm saying USC out of that top 7 right now has if they can win out, they have the best shot to move move oh, up, right? Yeah. Like by far. I just I think with the loser of the Big Ten or loser of Michigan, Ohio State, I think it's hard for them to get in just off of strength of schedule alone, right? And that's the only yeah. thing that uh, – that's like – at least in the first rankings or in the first – yeah, mainly the first one, we saw how much that mattered to the committee with strength of schedule. That's going to be – and I, I, we all see it coming. Like if this situation happens, that's going to be the biggest L for whoever that big team – Big Ten team is, whether it's Ohio State or Michigan. Like it doesn't matter. I think the ACC champ, for the same exact reason – now, if USC wins out in this situation, they're in. They're in that four yep. spot. Oh, for sure. Yep. They might even go to three if they went out, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's just – that's a tough – I mean, that works very well for USC too because it's kind of been 
now they're finally getting talked about after that Utah loss, everyone was kind of ignoring them. Like, Oh, whatever. They're probably not going to make it this time. But now that they have UCLA, who's actually good this year, Notre Dame, who's now finally back to not getting blown out by Marshall or losing to Marshall. Uh, And then that PAC 12 championship is going to be a good game no matter what. So it's worked out well for USC. And I honestly like how they built, how their schedule is kind of built that way to end off strong because it gives you, no one's going to remember what happens at the beginning of the season as much. Right. It's that last impression that counts. And USC has the potential to have that best last impression, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't played a ranked or they haven't beat in a ranked opponent this year, ranked at any single time in yeah. the week. So um, as of right now, their schedule sucks. But again, they're playing UCL, UL, or UCLA, who's still number they're on here somewhere. Probably. Notre Dame's number 18, UCLA is 16, Notre Dame's 18. And then the winner of Oregon, Utah is, you know, 10 or 12. So 15, yeah, yeah, they're going to have their, their schedule is going to drastically increase in strength these last three weeks. Um, but they have to win that out to yes. even be in contention. Win it out, right. done. Yeah. It, right. It's again, there's just so many different scenarios right now. Normally, I mean, I'm here for the chaos. I would love the chaos. And then it gives us a better chance of getting the 12 team playoff sooner. Uh, but I feel like it'll all work itself out. It normally always does and makes the selection day kind of boring. But yeah, man, yeah. I'm here for the chaos. I hope if LSU wins the SEC, I'll be sitting on my couch with a bag of popcorn just wondering what's going to happen. We can talk <laughs> about it all we want, but obviously we have no no say in it whatsoever. Um, so, I mean, I think we've gone through. Do you have any other scenarios? I mean, I think we've gone through. No, I'll just quickly give my two cents as a Michigan fan. I'm hoping for every single loss that you can imagine this week or these next coming weeks. So I need TCU to lose bad. I need LSU to lose that conference championship. I need USC to lose. Um, I need all these teams. I need probably, you know, North Carolina or Clemson to lose just to have a sure shot because, you know, Michigan, Ohio State, that's going to be one hell of a battle. Michigan pulled it off last year at home. It was crappy weather. I think Ohio State is a better team. There's going to be a lot of, you know, it's, it's going to be a really tough game. So as a Michigan fan, I'm hoping that Michigan just beats Ohio State and I don't have to worry about it. But if I still think there's a decent shot, if a lot of these teams lose, that Michigan could possibly sneak into that top four, we, even with that loss. So I'm, I'm hoping for, for the good teams to lose. Um, we'll probably be betting a bunch of underdogs as well, just to emotionally bet those. But um, yeah, that's just my two cents as a Wolverine fan. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Again, it's just, so much could happen still. It's and there's still only three uh, only three weeks left. Um, right. Kind of go off that Michigan Ohio State game. I want to talk a little bit about uh, Heisman contenders or who could win the Heisman. Yep. Uh, right now, uh, we, I talked about it a little bit last week when we did our uh, test run. Right now, I think it's Hendon Hooker because he has the only, he's the only one with the Heisman moment so far. And for me, a Heisman moment means a lot. Uh, I feel like we've been missing that a bunch of years, but it just makes you stand out more than anybody in my opinion. But after that, I do think your boy Blake Corum has the best chance to have another Heisman moment in that Michigan-Ohio State game. I mean, if Michigan wins that game and he's running all over the place, he's doing it, I think he gets it hands down. Uh, After that, I have Drake May, who his best chance for a Heisman moment is probably the ACC championship game. Even though it won't mean, it might not mean too much at the time. We don't know yet, but those are probably my top three right now. Uh, What are yours? Yeah, so quickly, I I forgot to look this up. When is the is when's the Heisman announced? That's after the conference championship games. Yes. Yeah, it should be like a week or two after that. But before the playoffs. Yes. Yeah. Like so the, the the two or three days before the Yeah. Okay. Yep. So okay. So my thing there is 
I think I think you're correct with with Hooker. He's had a cr- crazy season. That win against Alabama was crazy. You know, he threw for however many yards and however many touchdowns. He looked unbelievable. But my only problem with that is his moments are now done. Yeah. So like his next two games, and he's not going to play in a in a SEC championship. So his next two games are against South Carolina, who's pitiful, and Vanderbilt, which I don't even know why they're in the SEC. So he really has no. Will probably still put up big numbers to help his numbers case. Um, but there's really no, like no one's really going to be watching those games. So for me, and then obviously, you know, Drake may is going really under the, under the radar here. Um, I, again, it depends where you look. I looked at MGM earlier today, may is at plus 500 as a third favorite. Um, yeah. uh, but you know, I haven't, I haven't watched him much, but he, again, he does have potential in this ACC championship game. I don't think he's going to win it. Um, I'm going to double down on my take that the winner of Michigan, Ohio State will have the Heisman winner, either CJ Stroud or Blake Corum. Um, I just think that, I mean, that game, I know Alabama, Tennessee was a huge game. Tennessee, Georgia was a a big game. But I think this Michigan, Ohio State game is going to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest of the year, just because of its implications. Um, So I think if both of those guys, or if the winner um, between that game, if that player has a good game, I think they're going to walk away with that Heisman, whether it's CJ Stroud, say Stroud throws for four TDs, 300 yards, or, you know, Cora runs for 200 yards for, you know, three TDs. I think just the winner of that game is going to be the Heisman winner. And if I was, I'm not, I'm never going to put money on Ohio state player, but I think Stroud's going to take it plus plus one thirty right now. I think that's great odds. He's been minus odds all year. So I think having him plus money, um, I'm never going to take it because I despise the guy, but um, I think that's probably the play. And I think, I mean, they don't really compare too much, but if you look at how like CJ Stroud last year went into, went to New York, no one really thought he was going to win. I mean, everyone knew Bryce Young. Um, I personally thought Kenny Pickett should have had it, but it was going to go to Bryce Young. Um, it's kind of a lot. Drake may kind of comparing it to that. He's going to be in New York and he's going to get that experience. He's going to get everything. And then next year, cause he's still young. He's going to come back. Right. And probably do it all over again. And we're going to be looking at him all year because CJ Stroud, like you said, has been favored all year for the Heisman. And I think that's just going to be Drake May next year, right? It's yeah. just kind of the same exact script. Uh, but I do agree with you on that Michigan Ohio State. I forgot, I don't know how I forgot to mention CJ Stroud, but that is a, like I said, I'm a sucker for Heisman moments. That's a prime, prime spot for both of them. Yeah. Either Blake Corum or CJ Stroud to have it. And I think it's just an easy, winner of that takes it. I, I agree with you there because no one from other than Hedge and Hooker, no one from the SEC has really stood out. Bryce Young has just uh, his offensive coordinator sucks this year with Bill O'Brien. So yeah. he just has that's and Bennett isn't really a candidate. He just no, has a great defense, you know, yeah, like, <laughs> got too much around him. Like it's it, it's either Hedge and Hooker from the SEC or Blake Corum uh, and uh, sorry and CJ Stroud. Yeah. Um, so now that we got that out of the way, we're pretty much on the same page there. Let's go to the games that we're looking at for this week. Not many. It's kind of a – I always find that before teams play their rivals, they kind of have a tune-up game. I mean, like, right. four states playing Louisiana, Raging Cajuns, who, by the way, had $2 natty lights at their games at their game last week, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. Like, that would be – they couldn't do that at Florida State. That would be too much degeneracy happening. But um, – so we got first off, we have TCU Baylor, USC UCLA, and then you wanted to go to, into Michigan Illinois uh, for TCU Baylor. I have an interesting side on this. I think that, like we mentioned a little bit earlier, the line is wonky. I believe it's only TCU minus two and a half right now, unless that moved. Yep. Um, and but an interesting stat that I heard is that the last two Big Twelve t- 
teams to start off 10 and 0. I'm not exactly sure what teams they are. I forget. I heard it, but the last two big teams that started off 10 and 0, that 11th game was against Baylor and they all lost. Not that that means anything, but it's just something interesting to think about. Um, I mean, I'm finally not going to fade TCU and I'm taking a minus two and a half. I'm sure I'll get screwed over, but I just don't see any way TCU loses this game. No, I completely agree. Um, that is interesting though on the Baylor. I believe it was uh it was probably Oklahoma one of those years. Yep. And uh, I mean Oklahoma's always on the field, but I you know, I'm I'm gonna kick myself in the I'm just gonna kick myself for this, but I'm gonna take Baylor plus two and a half. It's such a weird line. TCU, you know, that I've get got screwed by them the last two weeks. I'm gonna take I'm gonna risk the weird, weird line. It's at Baylor. Um I no, I it's at TCU. Game. It is a rivalry. It is a rivalry. Yeah, it is a rivalry yeah, game. I'm just gonna. I'm just. It's so, it's such a stupid line. I'm gonna take. I'm just gonna take Baylor two and a half, um, plus two and a half. I just. I can't even fathom why they they just lost thirty one to three last week. So I don't. I don't know what's going on. But it's just weird. I mean, Vegas hates the Horn Frogs too. Apparently, I don't know yeah. what else to say about that. Like it's just it. It's just weird how everyone is just every week gets TCU and it. Always comes out the other way. Now, the, the biggest game of the week, even though I don't even know where college game day is going. I don't think they're going to it. But USC, UCLA, um, obviously that has playoff implications way more, in my opinion, than TCU Baylor does just because Baylor's not as good. But uh, like we said, USC needs to win out these next three games to have their best shot of making the playoff and have the best shot at avenging that one loss to Utah in the uh, – Sorry, in the big, not the big, the Pac-12 championship game. Uh, what do you think? I haven't even seen the line on this. I'm gonna go look right. Yeah, now. it's it's a low line. It's one and a half point favorites and um for USC. Um, so my thing on this game is I believe it's at UCLA, but I don't know if you ever watch a UCLA game. There's probably a thousand people that show up in total. The stadium's 45 minutes from campus. It's in downtown LA, which is a bitch to drive through. So there's really no home field advantage here. And they're playing USC, who is right next door. So there's really no home field advantage here. I'm going to take USC as much as I would need them to lose. I'm going to take USC at that one and a half point spread. Yeah, I agree with that there. I mean, I, I kind of lost faith in UCLA after that Oregon game, even though Oregon was at their peak at that point in time. It's just... I don't I think they're a good team. I just don't think they can play up in big games. And like you said, there's no home field advantage. There might even be more USC fans there because they right. about <laughs> football. Um, you just you never know. Uh, yeah, I don't see USC losing that game. If anything, I think USC chokes in the Pac-12 championship down the line, but not not yet now. Um, I agree. Then the other. So actually, I forgot to mention, we also have Utah, Oregon, which is Oregon minus three right now uh, in the yep. Pac-12 after dark game. That should decide who goes to the Pac-12 championship on that side of the conference. Um, I hope Oregon has a comeback after last week. Uh, I love Bo Nix. I think he's been one of the biggest surprises, surprises this year, especially after how everyone hated him at Auburn and how they started off the year against Georgia. Um, Cam Rising also good, but I just I'm on the Bo Nix train, if I'm being honest with you. I'm right there with you. Oregon's going to win this game by 10 points. Um, they're pissed. They just ruined their potential of making the playoffs. Um, and Bo Nix is great. I love the guy. I, he looks just like an Oregon guy. Like that number 10 out Oregon, like that's just, it's iconic. It's literally, his name is the coolest name ever. Um, I'm taking Oregon minus three. That might be, that might be my biggest play of the weekend. Yeah. Um, well, okay. My biggest game of the week, my biggest play. Well, okay. I don't bet. Michigan. That's just what I do. I don't bet them because it's it's too much emotions. But if my most confident play of the weekend 
is Illinois plus 18 at Ann Arbor against Michigan. Um, again, I don't, I, I had to say this game on here. It's not really a, you know, a really big game. Illinois was ranked earlier this year, had a couple bad losses in a row, but it is an 18 point spread, which probably shouldn't even be on this list, but Michigan and Illinois have identical play styles. Illinois is ranked first overall in the country in um, passing defense and third overall in the country in rushing defense. Um, so, and I know Michigan has a powerful rushing attack, but their passing game is pretty much non-existent. I just think it's going to be a defensive game. I, I Michigan's going to win, but I don't think they're going to win by 18, especially how they've been playing as of late. They haven't been blowing teams out of the water. Um, at least in the first half, they've struggled. So I think 18 points is just way too many in a game where Michigan could easily overlook this and start preparing for Ohio State. So I'd, I'm not going to bet it because I just don't bet them, but um, that's my most confident play of the weekend. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, I don't really have a confident play. I don't really – my thing is I don't look at the betting lines until like the morning of. I like like yeah. doing all my shit last minute. But – um before we go, because this is the last thing, I didn't text you about this, but I thought of it right before we went on. Um, just because we're getting close to the end of the season, you're having more and more coaching jobs open up. Something interesting, a rumor that's been floating around that I personally don't think is true, is that Lane Kiffin has signed a quote-unquote under-the-table offer with Auburn. I don't yep. think he leaves Ole Miss. Um, I think he'd be dumb to leave Ole Miss, in my opinion. He's just, just I don't know. It, but it would be pretty on brand for Lane Kiffin, to be completely honest. Uh, I mean, after like the Tennessee-USC thing and all that kind of stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if he left, but I don't think he should. What do you think? Yeah, personally, I don't see a huge upgrade from Auburn from Old Miss. Like, it doesn't seem like it's a, you know, you know, it's not like a, you know, FAU to Florida State. It's, it's uh, you know, they're very comparable teams. I think Ole Miss might even be the better brand. Their jerseys are sweet. I think players want to go there more. I don't think you're going to get this huge recruiting edge now that you're at Auburn, but I have heard that. It's interesting. There must be a lot of money involved if he's even contemplating that. Um, but he has to be thinking, I think he's thinking a little bit that Saban, you know, is kind of on his last legs. You know, he might have three seasons left. Um, he could, you know, go till he dies. You don't, you never know of Nick, but, um, he could start stealing that out those Alabama kids. Um, so maybe that's his thought process, but I just don't really see why he's doing that. It's, it must be some sort of money related thing. Yeah. Honestly, if I were him, I would wait till that Alabama job opens. Cause I think if, if that Alabama job were to open later on, like five years down the road, I think Lane Kiffin is still a top candidate for that. Then yep. I honestly think it'd be between Lane Kiffin and Dabo because Dabo is an Alabama grad. And obviously Lane Kiffin coached under Nick Saban. Uh, another interesting one is just Deion Sanders name keeps popping up literally everywhere. I yep. personally don't think Auburn or like a big program should get him. Maybe Georgia tech. I just think it's, here's my thing on Deion Sanders is he used to, he used to coach. So I was born or not born in Dallas. I was, I grew up in Dallas and he was a high school football coach in Dallas, not the head coach. And he wasn't even seen as like a good high school football coach. So yeah. now all of a sudden he, everyone thinks he's a great recruiter. And that's just because he's Deion Sanders. Like everyone want to go play for Deion Sanders, like uh, Travis Hunter screwed us over. But um, it's, I don't, I think the best fit for Dion is not Auburn is not Georgia tech. I think it's USF. Cause I mean, then you get that little, you get a jump from an FCS to a group of five, like most people do. And he's from Fort Myers. So he's from the Tampa yeah. area. Fort Myers is kind of a little more South, but he's from the Tampa area. So he should be able to recruit that area fine. Um, I just don't think, I think we're kind of getting too ahead of ourselves of giving Dion a uh, power five job. No, for sure. And I heard talks earlier today, I think it was on Dan Patrick um, of Dion possibly going to Nebraska. 
Um, you know, Dion's thrived at the, at the HBCU he's at Jackson state. He's done wonders there. You know, he, he's had an emotional coach. He knows how to get those guys, right. You can't pick a more opposite program from Jackson state than Nebraska. You're in the middle of nowhere, bunch of hillbilly farmers. And then like, it just doesn't make any sense. I think he's, you know, he's very much to me, like Dan Campbell is an emotional coach knows how to get his players in the right mindset, knows how to um, encourage them, you know, fire them up before the games. But when it comes to X's and O's, I, both those coaches, I just don't think have it all there. Um, but yeah, I, it's, it's funny that it's talks. It's, it's just cause it's prime time. It's just, you know, that's why they're doing it. It gets media attention, but um, yeah, I think UCF would be a good fit. I don't think he's ready for a power five yet, or even close to a power five in the next couple of years. Yeah, I mean, and other than that, I think it could be interesting if Matt Rule, like for Auburn at least, I think Matt Rule could be, be a good pickup if yep. they he's willing to coach. Right now, he's probably fine sitting on his ass with all the money he just got from getting. <laughs> yeah. Um, and also another thing, Jimbo, Jimbo, they'd have to pay him eighty-five mil right now to leave. Um, I've been hearing from like people I know that they think they're about to start digging up dirt on him just to get him out with cause and not have to pay the eighty-five million because yeah. it's been a pretty much a failed, at least to this point, a failed experiment. Uh, they're probably about to have a bunch of people enter the portal after such a bad season. That number one recruiting class is going to be gone. I just, I think you got to get rid of Jimbo, but you got to find a way to get that money down. Yeah, I agree. And kind of on the, on the same terms, I know it's his first year head coach, but um, what's his name? Vrabels or Venables at Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, you can't fire a coach after one season. That's just not how it works. But if he continues to lose next year, he's, he's, Probably he might be gone week four, week five, if he goes, you know, one and three in that time period. Again, you can't do that to a first year head coach, but it is Oklahoma, which just has so much history, so much winning that they're, you know, already getting antsy. Especially with a move to the SEC coming like that. You can't. I mean, I I think most people already think they're not going to do well in their first years of the SEC. They probably won't because it's just a transition period. But I mean, I think Texas will because Texas have been able to recruit recently and they're looking good. But um if Oklahoma performs like this, if they can't win in the Big 12, you really expect to win in the SEC. That's right. just not going to happen. But uh, yeah, that's I mean, that's all I have for this week. Uh, before yeah. we go, I'm going to say uh, we're all thinking about what happened at Virginia. Uh, the players lost all that kind of stuff. I feel like I uh, had to mention that. I have a friend who goes to UVA who was actually I think he said he was like the building next door or something where it happened. Obviously, really sad. They just canceled their uh, last the game against Coastal Carolina. Uh we're all thinking about them. I'm not super religious, but we're all praying for them. Uh, sad scene out of there. But yeah, that's all uh, All I've got. Why you got any last remarks? Yeah, no. Thank you for having us on and thanks for watching and go blue as always. And hopefully this college football playoff works itself out on its own. <laughs> all right. Have a good one, guys. We'll see you next week.